This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler going until 10 o'clock. So two hours down, two more to play with. They want to get into the Knicks conversation. Watching that game last night against the Warriors, I did not expect them to win. And I know Golden State had been struggling of late. And, you know, there's just a lot of turmoil happening with the defending champions because Steph Curry has just been unbelievable this year. But outside of him, you know, Klay Thompson has stunk it up. The defense has has taken a step backwards. Andrew Wiggins has played well, too. But everyone else pretty much is you know, going backwards. And they were expecting a lot uh, of their young players. Wiseman's in the G League right now. Uh, Jordan Poole got that big contract. Hasn't really produced much. And, you know, you're just not getting enough from your bench outside of just, you know, leaning on Steph Curry to score 50 a night, which you know, he scored 50 in a game and they lost. The Warriors just aren't giving you much. Uh, but it was still not a game I expected the Knicks to win because, you know, they're, they're still the Golden State Warriors. And I don't think that the Knicks – I didn't think the Knicks were going to win in Utah and in Denver. But I sure enough didn't think they were going to win three straight games. Uh, to have this road trip start off 3-0. and But last night was particularly disappointing because it is a question that I posed, what was it, last weekend, and it was about how we feel about the trajectory of R.J. Barrett and whether or not he is going to develop into a player who is perennially going to be an all-star. And that's exactly what the Knicks need. And the early return on that is, no, that's not what we're getting. Last night, another poor perform, uh, poor shooting night where he goes 6 of 19, 1 of 6 from 3. And by the way, R.J. Barrett this year, in a 3-point shooting league, is shooting 25% from downtown. 25% from downtown. The best mark he's hit uh, from, from beyond the arc was 40 two years ago. And there, in that season, the, the Knicks were the fourth seed hosting a home playoff series against the Hawks. But, you know, last year he shot 34% from downtown. This year he's, he's nine points worse, 25. That's just not going to get it done, especially for a guy who's not blessed with overwhelming athleticism. So in order for him as a wing to overcome that, it's either going to be because of his strength. Like Luka Doncic, for, for, as an example, is not someone we consider athletic. He is a magnificent player because of his awesome, you know, distributing he can shoot the three, and because of his strength, you know, down low, and obviously he's very skilled with the basketball and, you know, the footwork. But R.J. Barrett, you know, doesn't need to be athletic, super athletic, in order to, in order to be successful, but it's going to be predicated on his ability to hit threes at a high clip and show some muscle. So it's it's not happening right now for him, and he, he's in the midst of a struggle, and I get that he's been sick, and, you know, that, that could be weighing on him. But just his, his last three games, 15 points, three assists, three rebounds, shooting 27% from the field, one of 20 from three. It's year four for R.J. Barrett. We, we, like, we, we can't keep waiting and waiting and waiting. We, we need the answers already. And it looked like he was taking a step last year, but right now, it just doesn't appear that R.J. Barrett is anywhere near the player we imagined he could be for this team. Because remember, we were talking about him as a cornerstone, building the team around him, an untradeable asset. 
not for Donovan Mitchell or for anybody. We are not trading this guy. He is our, our franchise cornerstone piece. And in order for us to get that done, you know, at, at, you know, in order for us to get to a point where we're contending and competing with the upper echelon teams in this conference, he needs to be, at, at worst, a perennial all-star. And I haven't even mentioned superstar getting into the top 10. We have zero evidence that R.J. Barrett's ever going to be a superstar, one of the seven best players in the league. We have no evidence he's going to be one of the 12 best players in the league. Where he's like, you know, not a, not doesn't have to be a superstar, but he's one of those, you know, players where we're listing, you know, players to build your team around. And we're going through the list of Luka and Tatum and, and Moran and Jokic and Giannis. Like, R.J. Barrett comes up. No, that's not happening right now. Last night, again, even if you were, like myself, not expecting them to win, did you expect Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett to go a combined 8 of 32 from, from the field? 8 of 32? Four turnovers from Julius Randle? It's just not happening right now. It's just not happening for the Knicks. And I'm a little concerned because it, like this was supposed to be an exciting time coming off of an offseason where you you got your point guard. Remember, that was the big thing. We finally got your point guard. Finally got your, your point guard. And you got the point guard, and it was supposed to open things up for, for your best players. Julius Randle doesn't have to have the ball in his hands as much. R.J. Barrett can be in a, in a more favorable position because he doesn't have to dominate the ball and always create his own shot. He can have a, a prototypical point guard put him in positions and put the ball in a shooting pocket, and the lanes are going to open up, and the Knicks are going to be a much better team because there's going to be you know, more fluidity and, and, and more synergy offensively because you, you do have that ball handler, a guy who can take control of the game. And Jalen Brunson's been pretty good last night, notwithstanding. But it just doesn't seem like the Knicks are any different. How 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 do you come out of an offseason where you, you pay a point guard a hundred million dollars, you, you extend your your franchise player, RJ Barrett, 120, and you just don't feel better about your ceiling? Like how how do you get to a higher place? How do you get to a higher place with this organization? And everyone's like, gotta trade Julius Randle's contract. Teams aren't exactly lining up to trade for Julius Randle. Gotta give Obi Toppin more minutes. Well, last night in 20 minutes, he was 0 of 5 from the field, 0 of 3, 0 of 3 from three point range, hit one free throw. And look, I would agree, Obi Toppin should be more involved in these rotations because you gotta see what what he can produce. You gotta go younger, and I don't know that you know Cam Reddish is your answer at you know the small forward position. So Obi Toppin absolutely should be getting more minutes. But I, I just, something went wrong when I kept hearing Nick fans tell me, you know, can't trade Obi Toppin, can't trade R.J. Barrett, you know, can't trade Emmanuel quickly. And then you've got, you know, Julius Brunson, uh, Julius Brunson, Jalen Brunson thrown into the equation. So those are four guys, three guys that you can't trade because you feel great about them. Another guy who you just brought in for $100 million who is going to solve all your point guard issues. And you're no better than you were last year. Something's not adding up.
So someone's got to explain that to me. 800-919-3776. Taking phone calls from Nick fans. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, back in a moment right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. So the shooting struggles have continued. And he does look a lot more confident on the court, like driving to the basket. He's just not finishing at the rim. You're not finishing at the rim. You're not hitting threes. It's a problem. Ross in West Point wants to talk. What's up, Ross? Yo, yo man, um, appreciate your show. Thanks for taking my call. Of course, man. Thanks for making so it. I, so we were having a discussion before you came back, you know, and the discussion seems to be is the – you know, is the R is the R J Barrett enigma a coaching issue or is it a personal thing? Like, I mean, and the thing is, after you get the money, it's so easy to say that it's about the money. But after you get the money, you know, where's the due diligence in the part of the Knicks where they are supporting the player and giving the player what he needs? And I'm not saying that, you know, what I saw from R J Barrett. You know, I thought that this guy was going to be a, you know, a, a consistent starting five on the Knicks, but we thought he was moving in the right direction. So now the head scratching comes in. Where is this on RJ just not being, you know, internally, uh, you know, driven like he was, or is this a coaching thing where he just needs more than Tibbs can give? And you know, the discussion was, you know, yeah, it's easy to, you know, let Tibbs go and bring in an Atkinson or somebody that can develop the younger guys maybe better than what we're seeing right now. But, you know, if we're just having a discussion on Barrett, like, you know, it, it's really a head scratcher. Like, we thought this guy's projectile was moving in the upward position last year, and I thought that everybody felt that the end of last season and the, and the contract, like, this guy was going to come back and be a baller, and that's the piece of it that is just confusing to me. Here's, here's like, my question, player, Ross. Here's my question to yeah, you, Ross, and I'll let you finish the call. It is so, like, so last year when he was moving toward a point of, well, this guy's going to blow up. Who was the coach? Same, same. I mean, there's same, no— Exactly. So, I, I, so it can't be a coaching right. problem, right? Like, like R.J. Barrett isn't shooting 25% from three because, you know, Tibbs is not coaching them correctly. That, that, that's not on coaching. R.J. Barrett's not finishing at the rim because, you know, he's, he's, he's not getting enough confidence from his coach. That can't, that can't be the answer to me. But, but when you look at coaching, don't you look at coaching as the moments within the game? Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of development that goes on outside the minutes, right? So, you know, he, he's on the floor, and we're seeing this time within the game that is, you know, that's such a small piece of what this guy is going through every week in practice and in preparation. Like, I don't, you know, if you see somebody performing poorly on stage, you can look at the actor, but if the actor has been doing the work consistently, like you're scratching your head and you're saying to yourself, it's got to be just more than that. And I'm not blaming Dibs. I mean, I think the guy's a solid coach, but maybe it's just taking guys like this to the next step. Like, we, we haven't seen him do that with any Knicks. That's like, we fair. haven't seen him come in with a guy that's got promise and that's got this, you know, that's got this elevated space and headroom where, you're, you know, you look at growth. And, I mean, everybody, like you said, nobody wanted to trade this guy. 
Like, nobody wanted to make R.J. Barrett a piece of anything because they felt that this guy's ceiling was too high. Like, where did that go? But what we did, I mean, we haven't, and I appreciate the, the, the call, Ross, but we haven't seen him take a young player with a high ceiling and, and be able to tap into that potential. But what we did see was him take a player who many people were down on and finished eighth in the MVP voting and, and Julius Randle and had his best season. Now, you can say a lot of it had to do with the COVID, you know, shortened year, no crowds, but that also has to go on, on, on Thibodeau's resume. I I would say that those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. There could be room for the Knicks to have a coaching problem because I actually defend Thibodeau. I don't. I think he's a good coach, but when we start to question defense, when you're a defensive guru and effort, which I guess is directly tied to the coach, that becomes an indictment of you as a coach. Maybe the team is tuning him out. Um, it's not mutually exclusive in, in the sense that it could be both a coaching issue and then maybe R.J. Barrett's ceiling isn't – like maybe maybe we missed on what his ceiling was. We thought it was one thing, and we just missed. And it, it's year four. We we should see him further along in his development. That That's my point. We We should see clear signs that he is on his way to being something special, and we have not gotten that. And that's not being harsh. That's not being unfair. That's being factual. Nas in Queens, very apropos. I love it. What's up, Nas? Hey, how's it going, brother? Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for making it. What's up? Uh, hey, so uh, with the Knicks and RJ, I think it's 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 there's multiple angles you can look at it from. I do think he has pressure, or he's creating internal pressure from the contract he signed because it just looks like he's just really pushing too hard sometimes and trying to take over the game or lead the team where he's not in that role yet. The thing that bothers me the most is we always knew he had a left, and you figure during this offseason he would get his right going, but it's not there. He's, he's in his year four. Every team knows he's going to go strong to the left, so they're loading up. And the other thing is with our lineup structure, we have a true five. Like He's going to stay next to the rim. So when you have a true five that can't pull that center out, there he's going to be in the way of RJ. So with yeah, that lineup construction I, also. But I'm sorry, go I, ahead. I'll let you finish, Nas. But the, the Knicks are at points running lineups out there where their quote-unquote five is Randall. And Randall is a guy who is pulling people away from the basket. So, yeah, when 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 they have your traditional centers in the game, like Sims and Mitchell Robinson, you're hurt, but Robinson – Sure, that's going to clog up the lanes to some degree, which is why it's important for RJ to develop a, a consistent Jimmy. Because then you become you become a threat from downtown, and then as a driver, when the defense collapses, we've seen him finish that, that lob pass over to Mitchell Robinson or, or, or Sims. But that's, that's on him to, to, you know, to develop more of a consistent jump shot. Unless the lane's going to be clogged no. and no one's going to really trust that you can shoot. They're going to force you to beat him. He missed, what, he missed 19 straight threes before he hit one last night? Absolutely. And and that part I do agree with. But we're also early on in the season. And he, historic, well, he's had a very short history. But over the last three years, he's always shot poorly in the beginning of the season. Yeah. And then he's used the last three quarters of the season to bring his average up. So, in terms of his shooting, I'm not too concerned. I don't think he just lost it from last year. 
I, whatever he's going through right now, he'll get over it and he'll get back. And I do think he'll finish with 50 on the two point, 35 or better on, on three point, and 80 or better on, on, on the free throw line. But is this, he, he has a monkey on his back right now, and that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like Julius Randle mentally from last season in R.J. Barrett this season, which is confusing to me because you add a leader like Brunson on, and now you have uh, Julius doing everything freely and playing a lot better this year. And all the crap I talked last year about him, I, I apologize publicly to Julius for any bad thing I said about him last year because this year he is showing up nah, and doing what he's supposed have, to do. You don't have to apologize because it was warranted last year, and I appreciate the call, Nas. It was warranted last year. He 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 struggled, and then on top of the struggling, he like went at the fans, and he made an enemy of the the very fans that was chanting MVP, you know, the season before. So I don't think you have any reason to apologize for how you know the level of behavior that you directed toward him last year. I, I thought it was warranted. It comes with the territory, and that's for any star. And he was the Knicks' star two years ago, right? Like I said, he finished eighth in MVP voting. He was the star. Comes in last year with heavy expectations, and he didn't perform well. Back to R.J. Barrett. You said you, you think he's going to finish? He's still going to finish. And the numbers you said. Did you say? Fifty percent or better from two point range. Well, if he does, uh, that's never happened before in his career. So it'll be the first time he did that. What do you say from three point range? Thirty five, thirty five, thirty five percent from three. Yep, thirty five percent from three. Uh, he did it once two years ago. So you're asking him to do something from two point range that he's never done. He's you're done asking doing him that. to do something from three point range that he's only done once. And then you said 80% or better from the free throw line, which he also has never done. So two of the three things that you're very confident he's going to do, he's never done before. One, the other thing, he's only done once. So uh, good luck with that. Uh, Deshaun in New Jersey, what's up? What's, what's good, boss? Um, I, I would I would like to uh, defend Barrett a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I think your last caller actually had made part of um, the argument that I would make just in terms of a player having an off season and then being able to bounce back. But before I go there, I would like to like just point out the fact that RJ uh, as as an asset, his the, the nature of his game is not in the numbers. The nature of his game is in what he does, what he provides in terms of attitude and aggression. Um Part of what is affecting his game is what Brunson has brought to the team. And that's not in the negative. Uh, for, for, for the team, it's in a, an adjustment that Barrett has to make, I think, for, for the long term. And I think we're short-sighted on, on kind of seeing where he fits with, with all of this. I mean, look at what Reddish has done. And, you know, and, and like we said, Randall is playing better now as well. So I, I, I think that he's figuring out how to fit in the system, but his aggression, how he plays is the benefit. I don't, I don't recall the draft that we picked him in being a, a, a particularly, like, talent-high draft in terms of, like, people who are going to be, like, superstars in the league. But uh, well, John Morant and Zion Williamson uh, were taken number one and number two in that draft. 
okay, and, and Barrett is here, and this is who we have, right? And he's still aggressive. He's still adjusting to, to, to things that the team has done. And as a culture, we're trying to, like, develop what we need to do to be competitive. He's still providing that. And, yes, sure, you can look at the numbers and say he's not providing what he did last season. Cool. I get that. But there's, there's also a number of factors that go into why that might be. I'm just saying, here's the thing, Deshaun. Once we talk about guys that we, that we are either projecting to be stars or we already feel like are stars, they're, they're getting their numbers and we're not making excuses as to why they're not getting them. And especially if we're labeling a guy as someone who we can't trade because we're building around him. Like, look at those guys around the league. And I, I think there's only, like, just off the top of my head, there's probably, like, what, five guys, Jacob, around the league who you, who you say, I don't care who you offer me, I'm not trading those guys. And it's, like, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. Giannis, yep. Jokic, and then... Who's who's the fifth guy? Is it Tatum? But like Tatum was was also involved in in trade conversations with Kevin Durant, but the Nets were also asking for Jalen Brown, so that was never going to happen. Yeah, I, honestly, um, and I, this is a conversation I had with the callers on the side with Zion and and uh, Ja. I see more of their imprint on their team than RJ exactly. has done, and I'm not. I'm not saying, you know, I'm giving up on RJ or things like that, but it's about that time I can't make any more excuses for RJ. I mean, he's in his fourth year. I mean, we could blame Thibodeau, but is it really all Thibodeau's fault? No. We knew what type of coach he was prior to hiring him, and we decided to go with him anyway. So it, it, at this point, it's just time for RJ to figure it out. Uh, he's going to figure it out eventually. I just don't know if it's if he's going to reach his ceiling. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we, we we are doing like mental gymnastics to avoid putting the blame on the player that's that's struggling. Like we blame the head coach. Well, m- maybe he's not the guy to get him to the next level. Okay, well the Knicks are establishing establishing a culture. Cam Rodgers is playing well, and Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. So maybe RJ is just trying to find his footing. We 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 keep making excuses for it. And then, look, I'm not killing him and saying that he's never going to be anything or that he, that he flat out stinks. I think he could be a really good player. It's just about time for us to see the return on the investment of you being the number three overall pick in the draft, a guy who many people said that you that was untradeable. Because I just I I never bought into the untradeable part of it. But if that's how you feel, and if that's how most of the fan base felt, then it would be nice for us to see you become that player. That's all I'm saying. Next phone call is coming up. Got to get us to get also get into Kyrie Irving, who is, I guess, expected to return tomorrow when the Nets host the Memphis Grizzlies. By the way, without John Morant, who's now out week to week with an ankle injury he suffered last night. So the injuries are starting to pile up for the Stars. John Morant is out. Uh, Tyrese Maxey underwent an MRI today on, on an ankle injury. So he's out three to four weeks. James Harden's already out. Uh, LeBron is out. So the injury's starting to pile up 
Uh, but the but the Nets looks like they're gonna be work welcoming Kyrie Irving back into the fold tomorrow. So it'd be interesting to see how that works. And we'll talk about that coming up along with taking more of your Knicks phone calls at eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. And then in about twenty minutes or so, gotta get into the Yankees, uh, with Aaron Judge winning the MVP this week and just looking ahead to him making his decision as to where he's gonna spend the next eight, nine, ten years of his career, and for us Yankee fans, hoping that he chooses to do so in pinstripe. So, still a lot to get to with 90 minutes left in the program. 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Instagram and Twitter. Back in a moment, right here at 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. ESPN 800-919-3776 back to the phone lines we go Deshaun is in New Jersey got cut off wanted to continue the conversation with you what's up Deshaun you you had a retort what'd you want to say uh I definitely appreciate you for I'm sorry I hope that that means uh appreciate yeah, turn you your radio like, off you call again. Turn your radio I did off. I did I'm okay. sorry my bad first appreciate the dive the daylight the, the, the daylight so um yo so when I when I look at that draft for RJ, who is like the clear absolute standout superstar proven thus far, and I don't it's, see any. Uh, and that I draft is John Morant. Right. I, I mean, obviously, yeah, we know, but that is the one. And I'm saying, and Zion, we, we and, and when, Zion, when Zion's healthy, and when Zion's healthy, he's one of the best players in the league. And Darius Garland is pretty good too. Darius was in that draft. Uh, yes. Tyler Hero, obviously yes. not not a star, but those, those are like the three players. It's Garland, it's Zion, and it's John Morant. Right, and all of them are still developing into who they are going to become. Right, and so my point is, we have this piece that at the time of the trade, they wanted to clear the cupboard and take our piece. Should have traded them. You should have traded them. Right. You should have. That's what you, you think. Yeah, you should have. That's what you think. Every, I, I, mean, I disagree. I'm, and if I can make my point, I disagree is because we're we still seeing RJ developing a franchise that's learning how to win. It's not just RJ himself. It's a franchise that's learning how to win, and he's got that competitive spirit. He's got he's got everything that we need that we haven't had in quite some time. And he's having a down, what, quarter of a season, right? And, and we're already trying to throw him <laughs> to the wayside? No, we were trying to do that I, I, before the quarter of the season. We were uh, we were saying that if Donovan Mitchell is on, on, available, you trade him nope. uh, for Donovan Mitchell. But no, maybe you thing. were. I wasn't. I wasn't. Well, I definitely wasn't. Here's the thing. So you say it's a franchise that is still learning how to win. Okay, so said right. franchise just said franchise just two years ago was the right. number four seed in the East. Followed that up by finishing eight games under five hundred last year, not even qualifying. For the play-in game, and that's now ten. That's ten seeds that make the playoffs slash play-in game. Couldn't even qualify that. Didn't even come close to that. So right. a franchise that's learning how to win, it, not doing that right. very well. But and and by the way, 
in learning how to win, you know what helps you win when your best players consistently perform and they're not doing that. Could, could I can I respond? I've given you the opportunity. So when we when we were the when we were the fourth seed, who was the best player? Julius Randle. Okay, what does that have to do with where RJ is right now? I don't understand. What do you mean? What does that have to do with? I, I was specifically talking you're about putting you're putting where we were two years ago on where RJ is now. No, I'm not doing like, that. I'm saying I, I, Randall. I'm sim- Randall I'm was the reason why. Randall was the reason why. Randall was the. No, let me finish. Can I finish? Can you pot him down for a bit? Because I want to clarify. I'm not saying I'm. I'm not doing what you just said. I'm. I'm simply talking about you addressing this whole. It's a franchise that's still learning how to win, and so I pointed out where they were two years ago, how they followed it up last because year. Because Randall was so far as eight and eight. Go ahead. Go ahead. Randall was an all-star player then. He dropped significantly after that season, for whatever reason. Who we don't know. But it has nothing to do with RJ. I didn't what, say it did. What, what, I, what's happening? I'm sorry. What, what's happening? I didn't say it had anything to. I didn't say Randall's downfall had anything to do with RJ Barrett. But go ahead, finish. I, I'm just. All I'm simply saying is, why put so much of the weight on where we are in terms of success and the outlook of the team? on Barrett at this point when there has been so much change and we're still trying to learn how to win and how to be a winning franchise. Okay, so here's and the problem. what we're seeing here's now, what we're seeing now, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, finish off, finish off, because I got I to gotta get to a break soon anyway, so finish. My bad, I'm sorry. What, what we're seeing now is that, like, pieces have to fit. They have to work, and, like, Brunson coming in, this is his first season. RJ is not handling the ball as much as he used to, but he's uh, trying to adjust to that role. Randall, who last season dropped significantly from his all-star season when we were a fourth seed, is coming back up. Like, there, there, there are ebbs and flows into it, but here we are trying to like now disgrace R.J. Barrett oh, as on. like you the lost, that's where you that's, lost me. And, that's where and you maybe, lost me. Maybe Deshaun. disgrace is the yeah. You're doing too much with the whole disgrace thing, and I appreciate the call, man. No one's just trying to disgrace him or or you know talk badly upon him. We're just being honest and assessing what we're watching as it happens. The projection was this guy is going to be. Really good to great player. When you're the number three overall pick, that naturally comes with the territory. And you know when people were ready to give up on him after year one, it was no wait and see, patience. And it paid off because last year we actually saw the growth, and he performed a lot better. So when you take that next step the way you did last year, the expectation is we're going to see the next step taken, and that's you getting to all star level because. Let's not act like people weren't talking about him being an all-star this year. Let's not sit here and have revisionist history. Well, you know, Jalen Brunson comes in here, and it's going to be some acclimation period. We ain't got time for all that. Jalen Brunson comes in here to make your job easier, not tougher. He's handling the ball. He's the point guard. He's going to put you in, in more favorable 
favorable positions to score. And it's not to say that there had there's no adjustment period that should be had. But, I mean, yes, we do have to talk about uh, after uh, 16 games, so we're nearing the quarter mark of the season. I mean, not there yet, but nearing the port quarter mark of the season, and you're shooting 25% from three. Yes, that's a problem. In a three-point shooting league, when you can't overcome that with athleticism, when you're not finishing at the basket, and when, as I mentioned, uh, your last three games, the numbers that you're putting up, 15-3-3 on 27% shooting, 1-2-20 one from three. So don't don't give me the, you know, we're, we're trying to run him out of town and disgrace him after a bad start. Stop it. That's not what's happening here. Back with more on 9870 SPM. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. The last night was, was, was awful because your big three just did not play well. And, and Randall shot well from the field. I believe it was 7 of 15. But the four turnovers and then uh, Brunson and RJ combining 8 for 32 from the field just can't happen. Can't happen. The Knicks not good enough to withstand their three best players being mediocre to, to bad in the game. And that's what happened last night. I wanted to bring this up real quick before I get back to the phone calls. 800-919-3776. Jacob, did you see this this uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, situation after the game last night? Yeah, I thought that was kind of wild. I mean, it's normal for uh, guys after losses to uh, put up shots and free throws, but I kind of thought it was weird all around. So just to, to catch people up in case you didn't see it, and there are videos on Twitter. So Giannis goes 4-15 in a loss uh, against Philadelphia, in Philadelphia. So after the game, he's frustrated because this was actually the second straight game where he struggled from the line. Now, it didn't hurt him in the previous game because the Bucks had won, but last night it hurt them, uh, missing 11 free throws. So he comes out, and he's working on his free throws after the game. He's He's got a rule where he's got to hit 10 straight free throws. And for some reason, Montrez Harrell plays for the Sixers, uh, gets the ball, and just wouldn't give it back. He's like, no, I'm not giving you the ball. This is my home court. You wait until you get back to Milwaukee or, or, or do something else. And, you know, Giannis wasn't having it, so Giannis goes back out there. And um, there's so there's a ladder that the workers who are in charge of, you know, breaking down the arena after the game put there. And he asked them to move the ladder. They said no. He said, can you move the ladder? And they said no. So he physically himself goes over there and tries to move the ladder. They move it back. He goes back and, and pushes the ladder, and now it's on the ground. He hits his free throws, and away we go. But he was clearly frustrated, and this became a big deal on social media. Giannis, bad guy. I didn't think it was a big deal. Montrez Harrell, know your role, brother. I understand there's a competitive you know, juice to it. It's your home floor. You're, you're playing a back-to-back against Minnesota today, uh, and you want to get some shots up. A game that, by the way, Minnesota's up. 14 right now in the Sixers, so it didn't look like the uh, work you got in after the game helped you, Montrez. Uh, so Giannis wanted to get his free throws in. You, you could have just allowed him to do that. You could have got some work in on the side with him. You didn't have to do that. So anyone giving Giannis some grief or you know criticizing him, I, I, I'm just not for it because I don't, I don't think he did anything wrong. Uh, but wanted to bring that up because it was just an odd situation to see unfold on Twitter last night. Giannis was getting criticized, but a guy who's who's been pretty good in his career from a PR standpoint, never got in, in any any trouble doing anything. It's never been 
um, someone who's had a bad reputation for anything, I'm going to go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt. Lenny in Queens wants to talk R.J. Barrett. What's up, Lenny? Hey, what's up, champ? How you doing, man? Doing well, man. What's up? Hey, I absolutely love this conversation, but I'm going to do you a favor. I know you're in a you're in a position where you got to, you know, kind of consider the word you use. The one word I haven't you I haven't heard used is the word trash. Okay? Listen, Uh-oh. this RJ Barrett, I understand Knicks fans are completely in love with their players, but if there's one thing the Knicks have not done well, I mean, you can you can throw in the 2019 draft is they don't evaluate talent properly. And this is coming from a very, I want to say, unbiased opinion, all right? Playing ball. Like, you know, I played ball. I'm not, I'm not the whole fan thing, right? R.J. Barrett is, is a very limited player, right? I don't know how the Knicks end up with four lefties. Like, seriously, you guys got four lefties on one team. <laughs> R.J. Barrett has never been a good shooter. I mean, this goes back to his days in high school, Mount Bird. He was not a good shooter. And he's also been playing out of position since, you know, since he started playing ball. So he's always been challenged. He's not a good shooter. And honestly, every point that you've made about moving him, I mean, they should have moved him without a, without a, without a second thought for that Donovan Mitchell uh, move that they had on the table. R.J. Barrett is, is certainly limited. And you made a good point about that 2019 draft. You do realize um, Jordan Poole was in that draft. Tyler Hero was in that draft. Uh, Achimura was in that draft. They don't evaluate talent well. When he, when so here's when, the thing. I, 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 yeah. Look, I, look I, I'll let you continue. To, to be fair and to go the other side, I don't necessarily think that Jordan Poole and uh, who'd you bring up? Tyler Hero are better players uh, than R.J. Barrett. Oh. Uh, Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole, who oh. Jordan Poole does benefit, and Jordan Poole's been really good, and he got rewarded for it this past offseason with with that lucrative extension. He was really good for them in the playoffs, but does get the benefit of playing alongside Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. So do you uh, watch? But, do you watch his 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 possession by possession? I want you to realize something. That's how you watch Jordan. Jordan has to defer. If you look at when he has the ball in his hands and the aggression and the creativity he uses, he has to put that on the back burner when Steph is on the court. When Clay yeah, is on which the is court. why, because which is why they, yeah, they'll bring him in though. If you if you pay attention, they'll bring him in when Steph's on the bench and let and let Jordan run the offense. Right? Could you imagine him doing that with the Knicks? Do you you know what a lot of people don't realize with Jordan? He's not six one. He's not six two. He is six four and a half at that point slot, which means you can move him all over the court. And he's fast. So Doesn't play a lick of defense. He was getting picked no. on in the finals last no. year against exactly. the Celtics. But uh, he's exactly. fast. He he is fast. But finish your point, exactly. just because I got to hit a break soon. I want I want to let you hey. close out your point. But you know, I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna commend you on what you're saying. But at the end of the day, you gotta you got you know that's the one thing about New Yorkers they don't they don't keep it real enough when it comes to these when they, when it comes to their to their Knicks. The players nor the organization. They don't evaluate talent well. And not to mention, you know, they, 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 they let their players slide by, all right? R.J. Barrett is, is I, I'm not being critical, a very robotic player. He needs to get, he needs to, honestly, he should have had yoga since he was like 17. He should have been doing a lot more because he's very limited. That's my opinion on this, but I want to say good points on everything that you were saying. Appreciate the call, Lenny. That, that was a really good call. Appreciate your basketball acumen. Uh, we will get to more phone calls coming up, 800-919-3776. If you're on hold, stay there. We will get to you. And also, i uh, got to talk about the Nets and the Yankees before we wrap up with week 
11 in the NFL. That coming up next on 98.7 ESPN.